Welcome to Oral Phonic, a podcast about podfic. This month's episode is about pod together, and your hosts are Hannah Nobira, Fla, and Padika. Welcome to the episode, guys. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Let's jump straight into news. The first piece of news, some of you may have noticed that a number of pictures around the internet are now throwing up errors. Photo Bucket, which used to have like free photo hosting, has now completely changed their hosting style. And from what I saw on like a Reddit conversation, which we'll link to later, in order to get it to work like it used to work, it's now like $400 a year, which I doubt many people are going to be willing to pay just for some photo hosting when they were using a free service to begin with. Specifically, we mentioned it, though, because there's a lot of pod figures that were using it to host their cover art. Okay, so I, I heard somebody talking on Twitter a couple weeks ago, and I've forgotten who, but there's an archive, squidge.org, which was like way back in the Sentinel fandom days was the place to go. Like we're talking, I don't know, has it been 15, 20 years now? And they were a big archive, but they apparently do media types other than text. And so there's a possibility you might be able to store pictures there or even audio. And this person was a podficker talking about maybe having them host her podfic. And now I've forgotten their name, so I can't go to them and ask them to report back and tell me how it worked. But if somebody wants to try it out. Sounds like it's worth a try. So there's the Sam Wilson Big Bang going on, and it accepts Podfake as art. The sign-ups end on July 31st, so you might want to decide fast. <laughs> there's also the Broken Telephone Podfic game that we had mentioned last month. Uh, there's now information up about it, both on Tumblr and on Amplificathon. There's no end date for signups that we saw, so sign up if you're interested. But it kind of seems like one person creates a podfic and then the next person takes some piece of inspiration from that podfic and records something new. And they're just going to have this chain of like podfics that were inspired by each other. Yeah, and I think you have seven days from getting your assignment and having a finished podfic for the next one in the chain. Mm-hmm. So, so it won't be very many epics, but it'll be fun. Probably not. So Hockey Big Bang is open for signups, and they are accepting Podfic as art this year. And Claiming Stories opens on September 8th. And signups for Podfickers, artists, mixers, close once all the stories are claimed. Also, uh, kind of PSA. There is a submission form for the audio archive if people want to have their podfix archive. And right now, there is no actual room to upload files. So if people submit something there, it can't be uploaded. Yeah. The archivists have the ability to see this document, and some of the hosts here are archivists, and people aren't quite getting informed that you know, what's happening with their podfic directly, just because the form doesn't necessarily have that much information for us to pass on. But it's not that we don't want to upload your podfic, it's that we can't. (laughs) So how about we swing into talkbacks now? Because there were a couple of them. 
which is always fun. Yes, please keep them coming. Actually, it seems like recently a number of people have been discovering the podcast. So hello and welcome to all of our new listeners. We are pleased to have you. And just a general reminder that there is no time limit on talkbacks. So if you listen to an older episode and have something you want to say, feel free to submit it. We'll still respond. So there was a talkback from Momotastic. That was about editing episode. Hello, this is Momotastic. First off, I wanted to say that I'm amazingly impressed with anyone who edits visually and only deletes the parts that were messed up. For me, as a non-native speaker and a not-so-secret perfectionist, that's not an option. I just finished editing a fig and I realized I'd made several mistakes where I said the wrong name or mixed up the order of a phrase. I literally said darkman-haired instead of dark-haired man. And I didn't even realize at the time of the recording that I'd made the mistake so I didn't correct it right away. So if I didn't listen to the whole thing, I'd never catch that. Having said that, I'm looking into finding a better who'll cut out all the mistakes I did do over and to give me notes on what I might have to re-record or rearrange once all the real messes are gone. And what might actually be a good way, and I'm sure other people have thought of this, it just came to me the other day when a friend of mine offered to edit my podfig for me, what one could do is just find another podficker, trade unedited podfigs. Like, I'll edit theirs and they'll edit mine, at least the rough bits. And this way, I don't get annoyed by my own voice or the millionth time hearing or reading the story, and someone else gets a roughly edited podfig out of it as well. And there's one thing you guys wondered about during the podcast. A bunch of people apparently on Twitter said that they will take like up to two hours pre-production and you guys are wondering, what are they spending all their time on? Well, <laughs> I spend some time on pre-production. I mark up dialogue tags. I put them in front of the dialogue bit that needs to be said in a specific voice. I also, since I'm not a native speaker, as I said, and even if I were, I probably would need to do this for some things, I include notes on how to pronounce some things. And the third thing I do is I give the characters colors so that when they're speaking, like author from the Merlin fandom, author is always uh, marked red, because obviously he is. So every time there's dialogue that's highlighted in red, I know this is author speaking. And every time there's dialogue highlighted in blue, of course it would be Merlin speaking. And things like that. So I just know ahead of time this character will be speaking next. I need to assume this or that voice if I'm doing voices, which I'm usually trying to do. So these are all things that make the actual reading process, the narration, easier for me to do. And I end up spending less time in front of the microphone. I know this is not for everyone. A lot of people like to read cold or would just you know prefer not to have to do all this work beforehand and they think it's just quicker to re-record and do it a second or third time and I still do things a second or a third time and then I get frustrated and do them a fourth and a fifth time but overall it's it helped me 
I really appreciated some of what Momotest was saying there about missing too many mistakes, because a lot of the mistakes that were mentioned are ones that I would totally make if I solely edit visually. Like, I'll do some visual editing for a first pass, but I still have to listen to it from start to finish on my own separately. Because, yeah, there's a lot of mistakes that I make when recording that I don't necessarily notice that I make until I'm editing. Yeah. I don't really do visual editing. I mean, what I do is when I make a mistake and I realize while recording, I do this little tongue click, something like that. So when I edit and I listen to it, I can kind of see, oh, there's something coming. But I don't do just visual editing, which I don't know. They said it's because they're a non-native speaker, which same here. Maybe that's the thing, well, but I absolutely listen to all of it and I do read along. That's also so I don't get distracted by anything shiny around me. My problem is if I go through and get all the mistakes the first time through, I don't know what I'm doing, but sometimes it ends up too fast. Like I jump from line to line to line and I, I don't leave enough a long enough break in between them somehow. So I definitely always have to go through and listen at least a second time for pacing and usually like spread everything out a little bit. Mm-hmm. My earlier pod fix are quite a lot faster than my current pod fix. Cause I mean, everyone knows that I'm anal and I cut out all of my breathing, but I used to not have as good of a sound recording booth, so I literally cut out the breathing and I would have like, I'd leave like bits of silence at the start and finish of each section and I would like copy and paste that bits of silence in where I just cut out my breathing and it was never the same length as what I just cut out and it was inevitably shorter. So I listen to some of my older podfix these days and I'm just like, slow down, what were you doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do re-listen to parts of it again and again and again. And I do absolutely spots with the pacing. It's just I'm mostly doing it in one pass. I did do several parts at the beginning when I started with Potvick. And then I just wanted to scream if I was at the end of a Potvick. And, <laughs> and now you have to go it again. No, that's one of the reasons why, like, when I'm recording, I want, like, a new file created for, like, every 10 minutes, because I will, like, do, like, three or four passes of editing on on each file, and if it's, like, a two-hour file, I'll be like, fuck me, (laughs) that's just too much, but a 10-minute one, even, like, getting up to, like, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, it seems like a lot, because it goes faster, it doesn't feel as tedious if I can do the various passes close together. That's a good trick. Also, with what Mama Tasted said about doing a lot of pre-production, I have a lot of respect for people that do pre-production. In a lot of ways, I wish I could be that person. Because it probably would save me time overall, because inevitably, like every podfic that I post, I've read each and every word in that podfic at least twice, sometimes three or four times. (laughs) Whereas if I did more pre-production, it would probably be a hell of a lot less that I record and a lot less editing afterwards. But (laughs) I do it sometimes. If I know, okay, there are words I definitely have said out loud before or... There are words in a language I 
don't speak, then I will look up pronunciations beforehand. I definitely do a lot of pronunciation lookups. There's like this one podfic that I'm recording right now and it uses, God, I'm not going to be able to say it correctly because like it's spelled one way and I want to pronounce it one way. And then there's how it's actually pronounced. It's like nacelles or nacelles. I, I can't remember. But like that word, it shows up like 13 times in the first chapter. And I just like each and every time I pause in the recording and I the entry for that word on dictionary.com open so that I can listen <laughs> to it each time that word comes up in the in the friggin' fic. Uh, I mean, I have words where it's not like a special fic, more like it's it's that word where I kind of, that word comes and I take a little breath and go, fuck, and then try to say it. You know what, I have that even even as native English speaker, because I grew up in a bilingual town, there's a lot of words, and romance languages have a lot of shared mm. roots. So there's a lot of words that I look at, and I want to pronounce the French way. Yeah. On some, ensemble, yeah. that, like, yeah. I have to think about it that hard every time I say that word, because I want to pronounce it, like, with a French accent to it, too, of, like, ensemble. Yeah which there's no at the end in, in English, but it happens mm. even if you're not ESL, <laughs> if that makes some ESL speakers feel better. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I'm not alone. They also had this idea of swapping podfics for editing. Yes. Which I thought was a cool idea. It totally is because editing is really tedious, but it's like, this is a new to me story yeah. in someone else's yeah. voice. That makes it non-tedious. Yeah. I want to hear this story. Yeah. I, have and I hate listening editing. to my own voice. I have done editing exchanges, and I've taken advantage of other people editing my work more than I've reciprocated, but it's it definitely is great. I, I was actually talking to Miss Marina, like, last weekend, and she was talking about wanting to record this one story, but it was really long, and it would take her forever to podfic, and I was like, if you record it, I will edit it from start to finish for you, because... It sounded interesting, and I hadn't read it yet, and that would be a way for me to listen to it and get new podfic out there. I wish we could set up some kind of system where, like, you could edit every 15 minutes you edited, you'd get a little credit that you could trade in with another podficker for 15 minutes of editing on a future project. So I don't know how that would even work technologically. Like, maybe I could set up an Excel document where it's like, well, I edited an hour, so I have four credits in this document. And anybody want to take two of these credits to, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been some, like, casual attempts to organize editing swaps before. Maybe there was a live journal com. I don't really remember. I'm sorry if there was. LJ seems so long ago. <laughs> But I think it's something that we probably don't take as much advantage of as we could. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, when they talked about that, I kind of had an idea for kind of a challenge where you put, I don't know, but I think at least three people together and everyone records a podfic and then everyone gets the podfics of both partners and then they do the editing of everything, not just mistakes and stumbles, but also sound effects and music. and so. Uh, in the end, you have each podfic twice, but with different producers. <laughs> That'd be fun. That would be. I think that would be kind of interesting. How it changes, just not just, but with the producer. 
I can definitely see that. We also got a talk back from Schmaler, a helpful hint in Audacity. So if you start and stop recording in Audacity, every time you start again, it'll create a new track. But there is a trick where if you hold down Control R, it will allow you to resume in your current track. So if you want to take breaks without ending up with a 100 different tracks, you have to edit together in the end. Yeah, so thanks, Schmaler. Thank you. So our last talk back is a fairly long one. And as always, we'll link to the entire talk box so you can listen to it on your own. But here are some of the highlights. Hi, this is Love the Heaven. I've written fan fiction. I've edited fan videos for over a decade. And vidding is still my main form of interacting with fandom. I know how frustrating it is, but a combination of feeling complimented and honored, but still frustrated when people want to use my fan video work without crediting me or without my permission. And so I'm sympathetic to fan fiction writers when it comes to feeling like it's only fair that you get permission before you podfic their creation. And also, I completely understand the you have to let me know clause that's in a lot of blanket permission statements, including my own. Again, it's about the crediting because I know there have been multiple works of fandom meta written on the topic of feedback and I think credit and social currency instead of actual monetary currency. In fandom, this is how we pay each other. This is what we thrive on. This is how we survive a back and forth of compliments and credit and acknowledgement of each other is all we have. It's how we make friends with each other. And it's how we feel that what we're doing isn't go just going into a void. And, I mean, I think it's a very tiny percentage of fandom who really is truly satisfied just doing podfic or writing fanfiction or making fan videos for themselves with the expectation that no one will read or listen or watch what you're creating. I believe the majority of people in fandom, they're invested in getting something back at some point. Some examples of what I've experienced where I felt slighted included a time when I don't think I would have granted permission, which was very early in my vidding days, and I'd made a Rory and Jess from Gilmore Girls fan video set to Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy, a very popular fan video of mine. People love it. In fact, one person loved it so much and decided to make their own version, kind of like a repod, and pretty clearly not an insult to the video because they wanted to make mine better. Because instead, what they did was they downloaded my video off YouTube, and then they took parts of my editing and interspliced it in a new video that was half like my editing and half like random photo shoot things of Milo Ventimiglia being a skater boy. Like, And they were calling it their video. And when I came across it, that was something I was pretty upset by. I felt it violated an unspoken social contract. Even after I complained and said, you stole my clips, they said, oh, I'm sorry, I can credit that these things are you in the description. I was just like, I don't know if that's good enough. And I was still upset. I would have probably said no if this person had asked for my permission to do that first. Vitters do try to stop you and report you and do all sorts of things to try to tarnish your reputation. If you're a thief who just takes other people's fan videos and uploads them as if they're your own, 
But that's rare, and those people aren't vitters at all. And those of us who work hard on the videos are mainly upset because we're not getting the credit for our work, and people often don't realize at first that this person didn't make the video, so they'll leave the compliment there where we can't see it. This started long before the days of reposting to Tumblr and Twitter and making it so that there's all sorts of places people can see your fan video that you don't have complete control over and they might comment there. But we still have some degree of understanding, at least among vitters ourselves, that the kind thing to do if you're going to compliment it is to compliment it somewhere where the vitter can see your compliment. Otherwise, you're missing a lot of the point. The third example of when it happened to me, and what probably upset me the most, was also probably the very first time chronologically it happened. I had a fan video of NBC's TV show Heroes, and TV Guide magazine featured my video. And they talked about me as some fan having made this hilarious video with all the men set to its reigning men. And the way they talked about me, I felt very much like they didn't think of fans as people, as real human beings. A complicated set of emotions I was feeling. This is definitely a context where I guess they don't have to ask me permission. I put it out there. I put it on a public website. They can do whatever they want. They can link to it. They can embed it. And I was honored. But I was thinking about these things a lot when I was listening to your Podfic Permission episode. Because I feel like it's all related, and context matters a lot, and I really think the idea of feedback as social currency is a big part of the fear when it comes to someone's fic being turned into audio form. And it's not completely unfounded. There are times when even I, with all of this in my mind, will only squee in excitement on the AO3 posting for the podfic in the comment section. I try more than I think a lot of Podfic fans to actually comment to the author of the story in as many cases as I can, too, but I find it more important to tell the Podficker that I liked it, and it's hard enough for me to get around to commenting there. And I do think it's just complicated, and it's nice as an author of fanfiction who gets podfic to be able to know where the Podfic is posted so that you can see any feedback of any kind you get. That all being said, I can't ever imagine not agreeing to let one of my fan videos be shared more widely. And the same goes for fan fiction stories and most fan works, and I don't get it if someone is going to be saying no. I've asked permission a lot of times, and I've never gotten a no. I have gotten a lot of no response, and it's really frustrating to me. And I wish I could just feel free to just do some of those podfix. But I was really afraid. It seemed like it was important to get permission or else podficking isn't allowed in so many contexts. And of course, I really did not want to be asked later by an author to take down my podfic. One of the comparisons was comparing to vidclip theft. And I kind of felt like those are not the most, like, it can be a little disingenuous to compare podficking to those situations, just because there's an inherent level of credit when you are podficking something. Like, 
I mean, there are a few podfics out there that just like the first sentence you hear of a podfic is the sentence of the fic. There's no credit to the author or whatever, but that's few and far between these days. And generally, at least the post with the file will link back to the fic. I mean, I've more often listened to podfics where they don't say uh, podfic's name. Yeah, me either. And I mean. The other part of Love the Heavens discussion, which I think is kind of more the centralized point, fandom runs on a gift economy and where the fandom currency is feedback. With that kind of meta underpinning, there's the discussion of like, if you go and podfic someone's story without informing them about it, you're taking away some of that fandom currency. A fandom doesn't end just because it's no longer popular. And with so many things being rebooted, like, you know, we've got the alternate original series of Star Trek out there, and we've got all of the new Star Wars movies and whatnot that renews interest in some of the older fan works. If someone, you know, has like an original series story from like the 60s or 70s, there's a good chance you're going to have trouble tracking down the author to ask for permission. Yeah. Like, is it okay to go and record anyway? Hmm. And I think in situations as specific as that one, not across the board, talking about removing that fanish currency, like if you're unable to reach the author, probably those who would leave comments and feedback would be unable to reach them as well. Yeah. So I don't know quite that denial. Yeah. I don't know. I guess this is just another area where I am a fandom old because like you were talking about the early, early, early Star Trek fics, like when the internet first became a thing in the 90s, all of that fic was posted on people's private pages. And there was nowhere to leave kudos. There was nowhere to leave comments. It was just a page with the text. Or maybe you even got it from uh, like a Yahoo mailing list. Oh, yes. So if I were to podfic that, like there is no way to contact the author. And it wasn't the kind of the assumption I was, I guess, if you're putting your fic out there, there's going to be hundreds, thousands of people reading it that are never going to leave you feedback. You're never going to know they exist. Like you have no idea what happens to that fic the minute you put it on the internet. And that's just something you have to accept if you're going to be posting something on the internet. I mean, honestly, I'll admit that I fall somewhere in between those two spots. I believe that permission should be obtained when it can be. Yes. But I don't believe that a lack of permission means that you can never touch it ever. Yeah. So how about we move on to the main topic, which is Pod Together. We're going to cover Pod Together itself and then Pod Together Lightning, because we have mods from both of those comms on the show right now. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but Pod Together Lightning is no more, right? Like, no, you've yeah. retired it? Yeah, we have retired it. Um, we had looked for other people to kind of continue. No one volunteered, so I don't know. It might always be that someday Blue and I go, you know what, let's do a lightning round, but so we don't have any plans for it. <laughs> I don't remember when you guys came to us talking about doing it, and KLB and I, who were the only mods of Pod Together at the time, were like, if you want, but we were just like, I don't know how you could do it in the lightning round, because the amount of behind-the-scenes work that goes into running Pod Together is a lot. 
a lot, a lot. <laughs> it is. Well, I mean, we had seven rounds, so. I mean, KLB and I, who are very good friends, like, that first round, like, tested our friendship. <laughs> Pot together can be, I like that it's good for our participants, but from a modding standpoint, it's probably one of the most intensive modding experiences of all the things that I've run. I mean, I haven't run really much else, so I can't really compare that, but it is intense, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like that group work that you had to do in school that everyone kind of like, ugh, because like group work so unsteady. What if you are the one that ends up doing it all or your partner doesn't pull their weight? That's what pod together's like, but with fandom stuff and where one person can't pull all of the weight because it really is and has to be a collaboration. Like, yeah, absolutely. Many people don't have the skills to do both sides of it. Like, I am not a writer. The one and only time I submitted a written component for Pod Together was when I wrote Meta that Anitsuno recorded. Yeah. Pod Together, like, the, the yearly one, put a lot of effort into, like, holding hands and making sure participants felt. Like, one, that the the matchups were good matches. And we're constantly, like, trying to refine that. This year, like, one of the questions that was in the sign-up was, what level of communication do you want to have with your partner on a scale of one to five? Because that was a common problem that we had where we'd get one participant that was like, this person hasn't responded in two days. And someone else is like, she only sent the email two days ago. Give me time. Yeah. So it's just, like, different communication expectations. Absolutely. I mean, that's really important. I have in my project where I was a participant, I had kind of communication levels at different levels. I had the version where we kind of short email. Okay, so we have both these fandoms. You have anything you want to do specifically? That okay. Next basically was the text. Is that fine with you? Next yeah. was the finished text, and then as well, like, was me recording and sending them, that is the recording. Is that good? Do you like it? And that was it. I had that, a little bit more communication, and then I had blue. But I think for our first part together, we written about between 100 and 200 emails. Wow. And had several Skype talks and Google chat talks. It all worked. It's pretty different. So I, I can kind of be flexible that way, but other people might not be, and that's fine. You just have to recognize, know that about yourself. Yeah. I don't know if it happened as much in Pi Lightning because your schedule is much shorter than yeah. ours. Like, ours is quite long. You've got yeah. multiple weeks to write it. You've got multiple weeks to record it. And a lot of people, my excluded, are natural procrastinators. So they wait until the last minute and then it's like something happens. Like, yeah. I don't know if a year has gone by where one of the Pod Together participants has not ended up in the hospital. Oh, no. Like, yeah. like just, you know, stuff like that that you can't foresee happening. Like, yeah. not many people are like, I bet I'm going to end up in the hospital. I better write this early. <laughs> Probably not. We also do it over the summer, so there's a lot of, like, I'm going to be unable to answer any emails for this week or this two-week period because I'll be in, like, Europe or, you know, on a 
boat. <laughs> I That happened to me this year. I was supposed to be going on a business trip with my husband and we were supposed to be staying in a hotel and we get there and it's like a log cabin. Like we have to walk out through the mud and the spiders to get to the showers and there is no Wi-Fi and I had no idea. So I hadn't told my pod together partner, any of my family that, oh, by the way, you're not going to be able to reach me for three days. And fortunately, my my author was able to just like write the story without me and, and didn't need my input for anything. But that could have been really bad if we hadn't been ahead of schedule. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, OK, in Pot Together Lightning, being uh, unable to correspond something like that for a week, uh, maybe don't sign up for that month if you know that beforehand. Unless yeah. it's unless it's maybe uh, you're the writer and it's to the end and you say okay I'm gonna be away for a week and the third week but I'll write everything before that okay if you can do that that's fine if you're the writer and you're not gonna be there and unable to write in the first two weeks yeah maybe not that. Yeah, but like Pod Together Lightning did have just more of a condensed schedule that yeah. it wasn't that big of a deal to wait till the next one. No. no Pod no. Together is like every summer and it just it's going to hit that yeah. for a lot of people. No, or at least absolutely. a lot of people in the northern hemisphere. And I mean, we've had quite a few participants who were very successfully able to get around it or I'll be at a log cabin, but that means lots of quiet recording time. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, or quiet writing time also. Yeah, it's not an automatic sit out this round for put together like it was with Lightning. One question that I'm curious about, do you, one thing that inevitably happens with put together is we get more put figures than authors that sign up. Did you yes. have that same yes. issue with Lightning? Absolutely, absolutely. And Usually, Blue had to jump in for at least two projects. I think one time she had three. Yeah, that's one of my weaknesses as like a mod. I'll just be like, I'll do this hint hit, even crazy busy modding. And never mind that there are probably some participants out there that would love to take it on. So I've I've learned to let that go a bit more, but. Having the mods take over for pinch hits is not very good if you're trying to avoid mod burnout. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she did actually do a regular sign-up yeah. as well. Then sometimes more like, okay, some writer said, yeah, I'm okay with more than one project. So, okay, that was always great. Um, and then she kind of tried and took on people. There was one time we had more hot figures than writers, and that was the one round where I really, really couldn't do anything <laughs> because I was swamped with work. So I was, okay, great. The one time I could actually do something, nope, we made it work, but it was a little, little bit surprising. We were like, where did all those writers come from? <laughs> I super appreciate KLB as a mod because, like, I, I can be very shy. And the idea of, like, cold contacting people is very stressful for me. And it's not for her. So, like, when we would run out of authors, she would just be like, okay, do we know some authors in this fandom? 
who are some popular authors in that fandom or sometimes we would just go to the participant like is there an author that you would like to work with and then KLB would like cold email them and ask them if they wanted to sign wow and I was just like I'm glad you can do it because I can't (laughs) yeah yeah we never did that I mean I don't think we did it that often it was just and we're pretty good too like we've grown enough now and there's enough people like following us on Twitter and Tumblr and whatnot that when we put out like calls for pinch hits or when we when we're in the advertising stage, when signups are still open, we've started making like fandom specific like advertisement posts. And, and you can just request yeah. a fandom and we'll make it a, a fandom specific one. So if you are someone who's like, I really want to sign up, but I'm only in this, you know, fandom of one. You're yeah. more likely to like be able to get some notice from yeah. authors in that fandom if you've got something visible like that. Yeah, we didn't do that, but that's a cool idea. And I really kind of realized that this year where I realized, oh, there's a whole different fandom advertising, which I hadn't quite realized before. Yeah, th- those were really cool. Have you seen any evidence that there was, like, did that get more authors to sign up? Was it effective? You know what? There's now three mods this year, and it's Schmaler and KLB that are doing a lot of the, like, people managing. I'm doing more of the, like, tech managing. So I wasn't as on top of it this year as I have been in previous years. And they did it last year as well, I believe, but I wasn't a mod at all last year. So I can't say specifically how successful it is, but, I mean, I think it does help. Even just knowing that someone has requested that fandom and you see that by like generally the person who reblogs it is like, please sign up. I'd love to be paired with you or something like that just makes people realize like, oh, this is something that I'm specifically welcome to do. Because I think these days there's not as many. Well, challenges are getting very different from how they were, like, say, when Pod Together started. And I don't necessarily have a very good finger on the pulse of how those run these days. Um, mostly the ones that I do, that I am aware of, run on journals still, even if they do have, like, a Tumblr or Twitter that go with it. But I do feel like there is a lot of fandom-specific stuff, and there can be people that get very entrenched in their one fandom. So if it's not tagged, that one specific thing that might catch their eye in the general tag, they might not ever see it. There's not really the multi-fanish platforms outside of people's individual blogs. Or in Podfic's case, people do check the Podfic tag, but it's pretty much exclusively Podfickers that do that. I doubt there's many authors watching that tag. Yeah, probably not. Unless they're really interested in topic. And I mean, I've known some authors, like, even just in my real life, who super the idea of their fix being podfict, but it's maybe not something that they go out and search themselves, like, to listen to podfic in general. They just really like the idea of having that available for their fic. And they would probably absolutely sign up for something knowing that that they could work with a podficker and and have an audio version of their works. But, yeah, they just wouldn't think to go and solicit it in that way. I mean, solicit's the wrong word, but, you know, put themselves in that situation to guarantee a work. Because that's not what Pod Together's about. It's not about, like, 
this is a guaranteed way to get a pod fix for my written work. It really should be a collaboration. But I think there's a lot of people that are willing to do that collaboration. And there's a lot of pod fixers too. Like, there's always that range. There's the ones like who sign up being like, I want something that's written very specifically for my voice or I want to be heavily involved with the creation of this project and I want you to be heavily involved in my podfic and I'll be heavily involved in your writing. Like it's going to be collaborative. And then inevitably, like probably at least like half the participants have a fairly casual, like the writer's in charge of the writing, the podfic is in charge of the audio. There's some consultation that goes on, but it's not a super intense collaboration. And I know most of the Pod Together projects that I've done have been more along those lines. Yeah. So, Hana, you this year are signed up as both an author and a podficker. What's that been like? Uh, so I've done Pod Together for several years, and I've had like a whole gamut of experiences. So one year I was paired with Gibson, which was so super exciting because they are one of my favorite authors ever. And so they came to me and said, well, I have this idea for a story. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. Do it. And they went off and wrote it and I podficked it. And, and so there wasn't much collaboration between us uh, because like. I was just like, whatever you do, I am sure I will love it because I knew them in advance. And then I've also, as a podiker, had the opposite extreme where one year Opal Zong was kind enough to let me come stay up with them for a couple of days. And we did a pod together project together with uh, their friend Seer. And so we were able to just like hang out in the living room and eat and talk through the story and brainstorm and work out like the entire plot. And then Seer wrote it and then Opal Song and I podficked it. And so there was that was really, really cool to be able to meet in person to plan it. And also one year I was able to meet in person and be in an Elster to record for pod together. Uh, so I've done the hands-off thing and I've done like really super involved thing and meeting in person as a pod picker. And they're both really, really fun. It just depends on, you know, how you know the person, if geographically you can manage to make it work to meet in person. And this year, I guess I'm kind of in the middle where the author and I bounced some ideas off of each other, but then they went off and wrote. And when I got the final product, I, I made a couple of suggestions. I don't understand exactly what this sentence means. Could you rephrase it a little bit? But mostly they wrote the story on their own and it was cool. As an author, I, I can see why authors sometimes don't want to sign up. Uh, this year, I am writing a project, but just the month before, I'd already written a very similar project with the exact same people. And so it was like, well, guys, so if this one ends up being mostly the same as the one we just did, are you cool with that? And they're like, yeah, we're cool. And so I, I knew exactly what I was supposed to write that everybody would be happy with. It was really easy for me as an author and I, and I knew the podfickers really well, and most of them I'd met in person before and had known for years. So it was really easy for me to just, oh, sit down and write and plop, 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 story's done. But a couple of years ago, I signed up to write for Pod Together, and I just asked to be matched with somebody at random. And I ended up with a podficker who I think we didn't necessarily have that much in common fandom wise. Uh, they were mostly into Fim Slash, but also like found family feels and Avengers. And that's where we matched. But I think in the end, like I, I didn't know them very well. 
And so I'm not sure I was able to write a story. They really enjoyed podficking. I think it ended up being a little bit too long for them and not enough focus on the female characters. So for me, it was really intimidating as an author to to be matched with somebody I didn't know. And I think in the future, if I sign up for Pod Together again, if I if I want to write, I'll definitely have an idea for what I'm going to write and go get pod pickers that want to record that exact story. So I know going in that they're going to be happy with the experience. Now, that would take a lot of pressure off of me as an author to make sure I had delivered something they liked. Yeah, I've been on the pod picker side of that where, you know, I had a discussion with someone and we kind of parted and they went and wrote it. And then when I got to the point of recording it, I was like, oh, this wasn't really what I wanted. That's not where I thought we were going with this. But I mean, I'm a bit pod together participant because I'm also modding things. And I've basically stopped signing up to just do general matchmaker signups because of that. Like I know that I don't necessarily have the time to devote to it. Like I should to a collaboration just because I'm too busy doing other mod stuff. The mod team for Pod Together really, we try our best to avoid those situations. Like KLB puts so much care into her matchups and we do a lot with like pinch hits and we try and be very open. Like, hey, if this partnership isn't working for you at all, let us know. We can get something better for you. Like we can, we don't want you to end up in a situation where you just feel obligated to write a thing that you don't like or podfic a thing that you don't like. That's not the point of this calm. But I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are where it's like, eh, it's close to what I wanted. I don't want to make any waves. Or because of deadlines or whatever, they're just like, it's not worth making ways. Like, I know those have been some of my excuses, at least. And me as a podficker, like, I just enjoy podficking just about anything. So even if the story ends up being kind of a surprise and not what I anticipated, it's like, okay, cool, here I go. But I know um, a lot of times participants do have very specific ideas going in or what they want and how much input they want to have in the process. So I, I know that's, I mean, kudos to the mods, because I think on the whole, they, they really do a fantastic job of matching people up. That can't be easy. That is mostly KLB. <laughs> Yay, thank you, At KLB. At least in Pod Together. Awesome. I'm not sure how you guys did it for Pod Together Lightning. We did it together. Okay. We used KLB software. She was wise enough to give us access to, so that helped. There's software? Yeah, there's yes. hardcore. <laughs> And we did that for a first suggestion. So basically we put in all the participants with their fandoms. We also did kind of genre. So we could also, if possible, not put the, I just want hardcore sex with the fluff only person together. Yeah. And we kind of tried it like that. And then we did the fine matching where we looked at it and said, okay, we have to do those leftovers because the software basically just runs with, I think, the most matches put together, which does not necessarily, is not necessarily the best match. Yeah, and that's not what we settle on in, in Pod Together either. It's like a starting point, but I know yes. there's a lot of people that go and list like, okay, this is one of the big fandoms that everyone's in, even though... It's not yeah. one that I'm super in. They'll do it just to make it easier to match. But it's like, yeah. what I'm really interested in is this tiny fandom. So 
we'll do our best mm-hmm. to like get people matched on the fandom they care about the most. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And then we sometimes we just look and sometimes you get sign ups where you know they're gonna be difficult because they only sign up with one fandom or they have very specific one, which is yeah. absolutely fine. It just you don't have that many matches for them. Mm-hmm. So we try to match up those first. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we had mostly blue, had kind of an idea, oh I really really want to put those two together because I think they would match wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, but obviously we had way less sign-ups. So. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't sign up this year for multiple reasons, but one of the reasons was like, I basically just care about this one tiny fandom right now. Mm-hmm. I knew that KLB would absolutely make it work, but I just didn't want to... Yeah put that extra pressure on me as a mod you get a bit of a different experience when you also run the com that or the challenge that you just signed up for like i would never want other people to behave the way that i do it but it's like those are the considerations that happen in your head (laughs) i mean that was basically the project that blue was the writer for was basically yeah that's gonna work so let them do their thing I didn't sign up for Pot Together Lightning because we always had more pot figures. So I'm not going to make it more difficult. <laughs> and you just put all of your effort into doing the trailers for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was basically a Pot Together Lightning project. And I was fine doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we do not get as fancy with that on Pot Together. You, you would get quite fancy with special effects and whatnot doing a... Yeah. The trailer. Yeah. I mean, it was Blue's idea, basically. We did a very short thing. Was Yeah, just the remember, remember the 5th of September where she had written in a sign-up kind of version. Mm-hmm. And then she had this idea with a movie trailer. And was more like, oh, that and music. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I can try. Guess we're going to make this happen. <laughs> And then I, I tried, and that, I mean, it worked, so. That's what mattered. And the next one was just, oh, I had another idea. I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was always fun, but it was always also okay. <laughs> but it was always fun. Just sometimes it was because, strangely enough, I don't have a composer to compose the music especially for the trailer, so I had to make it work around the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) I know, and I've kind of mentioned a couple of my projects, but I think one of the projects that I did do with Pod Together that had the most of the author affecting the audio, because like I've done a couple where, you know, I've given feedback to the author as they go, but I still tend to do a lot of like, okay, here's here's my recording but probably the one that where the author had the most effect on the finished project was the one that i did with ua nerf it was the five poems about awesome ladies and it was like half of it was in french and then half of it was in english and like i took french immersion when i was very young and i live in a bilingual city And at the time, I was, like, taking 
French classes as an adult to try and learn the language again. And I was like, I can totally read French. It'll be fine. And then I got the, the written work and I'm like, shit, I can read like a grade two level of French, not <laughs> fucking poetry. <laughs> I don't know what these mean, let alone how to pronounce them. So like what ended up happening is like you and if actually like recorded all of the french versions and i listened to them to get the pronunciation down and like and sometimes i was like trying to like transcribe how they sounded phonetically instead of how they were actually spelled in french so that i wouldn't screw up the pronunciation too badly but let me tell you i went from feeling pretty good about my french to feeling really real bad about it <laughs> during the that project because I needed a lot of help. And I think during some of the recording, I actually had like UA on Skype, like correcting me as I recorded. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I, I think we did that because I needed a lot of help. <laughs> I was definitely going to mention that in this Pod Together episode, that that's one of the really cool things about challenges like Pod Together or Amplificathon is it encourages people to get experimental and try new things they ordinarily wouldn't in a Podfic. And we need more Podfic in other languages than English. And so it's so cool that this gave you an opportunity to try that out. Mm -hmm. I for sure wouldn't have done it on my own. Like, I really liked the idea. Like, when we were talking about signing up as a group, I'm like, French feminist poetry, that sounds amazing! And then when I actually was confronted with the reality of it, had I not had, like, this commitment made, I totally would have chickened out. So, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it definitely wouldn't have happened without Pod Together. I mean, for me, it was trying out something new, was definitely also with Pod Together, and was sound effects. Wait, it was with Blue. That's kind of a running theme with Pot Together and me. <laughs> and Blue, when we first got paired together in Pot Together, she asked me whether there was something I want to try out, whether there was something that I, I like to do. And I was like, kind of, maybe sound effects and also like making music. And she was okay. That is one thing about writing for a pod together as opposed to writing just a fic on your own is, you know, trying to emphasize the audio elements. So after I wrote my story, I went back and was like, can I delete some of these audio uh, dialogue tags? Yeah. And I cut a few of those out. And then also thought like, where's a place where I can suggest sound effects or music? And so all throughout the story, I have like, insert dragon roar here. They're in a bar. Insert bar music here. And and in the end, I told the pod figures, like, I trust your judgment. Put in sound or whatever you think would sound best. But definitely trying to emphasize as I'm writing, like, wait, where can I stick sound in here? Or where can I stick music? That was fun. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's probably one of the things that Pod Together brings the most. Brings out people who are like, okay, no, what can we do that, like, is different from normal? Because, like, most podfics are just, like, I like this story, let's make an audiobook version of it. Whereas there have been a number of, like, Pod Together projects where they're just, like, okay, we're going to do something really interesting because we know there's going to be an audio component to this. And that's why we eventually took out the requirement of having to post the text. Because we used to say, like, you had to have, like, a thousand words written and then the the audio went with it. And then later we, we changed that so that a thousand words or a minimum 10 minute podfic 
and you could go and choose not to post the text if that's what people wanted. And I know there was like one project that Rena was a part of that had a mixture of the two. Like it wasn't a typical podfic, not like the stuff that was written was written. And then the stuff that was audio was audio. So it wasn't complete if you only read it or only listened to it. You had to do both. That sounds cool. So, like, that's what Pod Together brings out. Like, I think those kinds of projects are more likely to happen now. Opal Song and Sear do this all the time. And they'll bring other people in as well. And there's a lot more, like, multi-voice stuff happening these days than there was, say, when Pod Together started. And I'm not claiming credit for that made that happen it's just that it was one of those first things of like okay let's start thinking about audio from step one like as soon as you start writing think of the audio component and some people just really ran with it and it's really cool and fun to see what happens from that like what came about you get people that like include filk in their stuff. You've got like epic poetry. You've got, you know, just stuff like that that works better when you listen to it sometimes than when you read it. Yeah, absolutely. That's also the fun as a prospector for me. That's something, I mean, I, I love doing audiobook version, totally. But I also love doing something that is clearly made to be listened to. Just different. I could imagine, I mean, I'm not a writer, but I could imagine that for writers it's also something where you, usually you probably write something that is meant to be read. And it's interesting to try something out that is meant for another medium. I could imagine. That's one of the things that I can enjoy, but when authors do that, but the other medium isn't is generally visual, and then pod figures get a hold of it, because like, Yes. I mean, I first remember it happening when I was in Stargate, although I'm sure it existed before then, like when people would go and like start inserting like actual email chains, you know, you get all of the ridiculous to blah, 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 from blah, 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 timestamp, blah, re, 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 re subject. And when people do that in Podfic, it can either be kind of boring or it can be like interesting to see, like, how do they tackle that and make it good? People will include screen caps more or like a manip of like, this is a web page that's talking about it. Or this is like a fake Tumblr about it. I really enjoy watching how pod figures incorporate the visuals into their pod fic, which is not really what pod together does. Although in like, I think our first year, Penny Plain Knits group did one where the author wrote something she recorded it and they had like someone do visual art for it that like yeah. could be used in the pod book and stuff that was just a yeah part of the Steinway was so you get people just pushing the boundaries and that that's what kind of the idea behind pod together is mm-hmm. I mean, this this kind of this mixing of audio and, well, the written text and also visual art. I think it's easier now to make audiobook yeah. where you can put up a chapter cover. Yeah. One uh, work from Pod Together last year was Very Well Bred Monsters. It was written by formerly DF and podficked by Rena Jenkins. And I don't know who it was, but somebody also went through and did the the text as pictures because it's a series of 
letters. It's Avatar The Last Airbender. And it's like if the Fire Nation opened up a, a, an exclusive private school for girls and it's all the headmaster's notes on like <laughs> trying to politely say that like we have to get your daughter out of here because she's driving us nuts. <laughs> and and the girls have gotten hold of some of the notes and they've written little side notes. And so Rena Jenkins does really well with like writing sound effects and then doing all the voices of all the all the different girls and sound effects. But then you can open up the file in AO3 and somebody actually, you know, photoshopped or put together the actual handwritten letters with different handwriting. And some of it's in Chinese, too, which is really cool. Oh, wow. And so that's a really fun example of multiple mediums. So I think we're moving on to reps now. One is the coffee shop AU by the party, who's the writer, and San Pustadora, who's the pot faker. It's a Teen Wolf series which crosses over with MCU and also mentions Elementary, Harry Potter, and Fall Out Boy. Well, it's a coffee shop AU where Stars is a barista and he meets all his people from the Avengers, so Thor comes in and is very enthusiastic about the pastry and Sherlock comes in and is annoying, and then Professor Longbottom comes in and mentions that he could have helped with that gremlin infestation, something like that. And then Patrick Sam comes in and starts, it's very enthusiastic. And it has seven stories, and I think they did six of those stories were either for Put Together Lightning or Put Together. And it's really funny and sometimes also touching and emotional. They have great food talk. I got so hungry. (laughs) And also great voices. I loved their four. Their four was great. And then I have another one that I really, really enjoy and I've listened to it so often. That is passed on by the fourth wine and night racer, which is a hockey RPF story with Sid and Gino as the main pairing, but there's lots of other players and it's basically Sidney Crosby giving mostly relationship and also sex advice to other hockey players during a season. <gasps> that one is that the one where it's like Every hockey player should have a robot just telling them, yeah. like, no, stop yeah. whatever you're doing. Don't do it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and since this doesn't have such a robot, he basically has to do that job. It's amazing. And it's so funny. And I love all the voices. It's great dialogue. And I have listened to it so often. It's wonderful. I love it. All-time favorite. It's interesting that you mentioned The Fourth Vine and Night Tracer because, yeah, they were definitely on my Rex list. They have been collaborating through Pod Together and outside of Pod Together for years now. And all the stuff they do together is amazing. That's one of the cool things about Pod Together is like every year I hope, well, am I going to get, am I going to get a new story by them? Uh, some standouts that they've done together were uh, Fastening One Heart to Every Falling Thing, which is a soul bond AU where everybody can soul bond except Gino. He was just born without the ability to soul bond and people treat him terribly because of it. And then Sidney Crosby, on the other hand, 
is so psychically sensitive that like the idea of mental contact with anybody is excruciating. And so they're both social outcasts, but like on the opposite side of the spectrum. But it, it's just crying buckets, all the tears. I love it so much. Definitely one of my all time favorites. Another one is Highway Unicorn, where after Sidney Crosby gets his concussion, he wakes up one morning and he sees a unicorn in the backyard. And he's like, oh, no, the brain damage was worse than I thought. <laughs> but it turns out, no, instead, he just has the ability to see magic. <laughs> and, and so he ends up, <laughs> yes, it's great. It's so good. Yeah. The work of Wings with Rhea 314 which kind of stemmed from, it was also came after Sidney Crosby's concussion, but it was kind of a trope subversion where instead of getting hit on the head and getting amnesia, what if the opposite ha happened and you get hit on the head and you wake up with somebody else's memories? So Sidney wakes up and he's got this Russian hockey player's memories in his head. And this Russian guy had died tragically in a car accident several years before. And suddenly Sydney knows his entire life and his wife and his kids and can speak Russian and uh, trying to come to terms with that death and that loss. There's so many other collaborations they've done together. And they're all just amazing. So listen to them all. So I love the that we're starting to see authors and podfickers come back year after year. That's always fun. Yeah. yeah. Mine are not pod together, Rex, because why would I stick to a theme? Instead, I have done uh, two X-Men First Class ones to Rex, both of which were written by Yahtzee, and both of which were podficked by Kath. Although the first one was a full cast of people, it was the, the podfic is the winter of banked fires and the podfickers were Kath, Crinkly Solution, Helen 78, Heiya, sorry, I'm probably mispronouncing that name, Lutzula, Rena Jenkins and Rhea 314. And it's actually a story that is mostly the not first class storylines it well it kind of bridges the first class storylines with the original like patrick stewart ian mckellen x-men movies and it takes place in that one that movie after charles dies and eric loses his powers and it's about fixing that story so it has a happier ending Charles, Eric is one of the pairings, Rogue, Logan is another, and it's this huge sprawling story, and it's a really good multi-voice. It's one of those ones where it's got a rotating point of view, and each reader takes on one character's point of view parts. And it's just, it's really great. And that's one of the things that multi-voice does so well, is like, now you know that it is a new person whose point of view you're getting very audibly easy to tell because it's now a different voice. So it's a good story and it has a happy ending, which is something that is so needed with Charles and, and Eric. The next one is Sacrament, again, written by Yahtzee and read by Kath. And it's the first in the Father Charles series. And it's one where Charles is a priest and Eric works for like 
it's still post World War II, and he works for like a group in New York that helps relocate Holocaust survivors. And he's involved with like this Jewish group, and then Charles does this outreach, and they end up falling for each other. And it's of course all of the extra complications because priest. And I really, really love that series. And it's only the first one that's recorded, but it's it's done very beautifully. Kath is a very good reader. So those are my recs for this episode. Ooh, one more. Open and Notorious by Jejusar. Yes. 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 Read by really fun. like 12 different people. But it's a Welcome to Night Vale fic. And if you have ever listened to Welcome to Night Vale, the creator, Joseph Fink, gets on every episode and says, this is Joseph Fink. And here's some announcements. But after a while, it's not his voice. He just gets like random people to call in and say they're Joseph Fink. So this one, it's a bunch of people saying they're Joseph Fink. And then they all have different personalities and the story gets really weird. And it's like bizarre and amazing and hilarious. And And very Night Valian. Yes. Very. Very nice. Yeah, Jedisar is one of those authors that, like, I know KLB and I are always pleased when Jedisar signs up because they push the limits of, like, writing for Podfic and, like, what can we do to make this interesting? Yeah. I was involved there and we all got a text and we all read the whole text and then Jedisar chose who they would use for each line and that was so it was really surprising as well when we listened to it because I had no idea what it would sound like. (laughs) This is also like, is this the only podfic where somebody's ever gotten a very small child to read because there's a little kid in there somewhere and it's adorable. Yeah, they can basically say Joseph Fink. (laughs) Yeah, I it's the only one that I can recall listening to. Yeah. If others exist, I haven't stumbled across them. So that was our episode on Pod Together. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next month. Bye. 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 Bye.